Hey guys, good morning, good afternoon. Uh, this is episode seven of the What Men Want podcast. This is Jeremy Jensen. And today I've got a guy who, for the last two days, I've been listening to his podcast. And uh, it's a cool-ass podcast. You guys need to go follow it. Uh, it's called the Let's Shag podcast. And uh, I'm going to fuck this up because this is so inorganic for me to say this. But his name is Nathan Spencer, a.k.a. Daddy Nate, a.k.a. Dr. Shag. And so that sounds really fucking douchey. But listen to the podcast, I promise you, uh, that you're going to fucking get it. So what's up, Nate? Hey, how you doing, Jeremy? Good good to have you on the pod, man. So, Well, awesome. So the reason why you're here today is... Fuck, like maybe nine months ago, one of my friends, Haven Schaefer in Pennsylvania, dude, uh, was uh, filtering through uh, TikTok and she saw a TikTok that she was fucking dying laughing about. And she realized that the person was in Houston, the guy doing the TikTok. Bro, that was you. She sent me a TikTok (laughs) of you. And I was like, holy shit, I just found him on Instagram. We have like 30 mutual follows. And uh, so as the fangirl that I am, <laughs> I cold DM'd you and said, hey, bro, I like, I just want to be your friend. I just want to be your friend. Like, it, uh, you know, do you have a bag for me to carry or what? But uh, for those of you who don't know, Nate, he's 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, uh, in the gym every day, muscles, sleeve tattoos. Uh, but man, so excited to have you on. The thing that I'm most excited about is the shit that you talk about on your podcast, dude. I would never have the guts to talk about this stuff, but maybe I want you to kind of get me to step outside of my comfort zone a little bit. But uh, great to have you, Mon, man. You know, uh, one of the things that I noticed whenever I was preparing for this is that you have like a massive following on TikTok. How many followers do you have on TikTok? We're pushing 320,000 right now. 300. I'm, like, I'm like right at the cusp of 320,000. Yeah. And so like you do a post and you get 500, you do a post and you get 5,000. How var- does that work? It var- it fluctuates. I've been stuck at this number anywhere between 315,000 to 320,000 now for like months it seems. I yeah. had, I had a massive explosion um at around like 10,000 followers mm-hmm. and we bumped up into the hundred thousands and two hundred thousands and ever since I've hit three hundred thousand we've had this like stall. It's because all those thirsty married thirty-five yeah. year old chicks that follow I you found them all. <laughs> <laughs> You're like the fucking Pokemon Go master, right? dude. You gotta catch them all. Uh so anyways, so what made you what made you start the Lit Shag podcast? Let's talk about that. So it all started with TikTok. Um and I made a TikTok video and it blew the fuck up. I was talking about eating pussy. Literally yeah. did a like, this is how I eat pussy. <laughs> I, was, I was literally, I remember it like it was yesterday. You I were was, like sriracha. I was yeah. in, in my shower doing this thing where I, I do it all the time, argue with myself. Right? Yeah. I'm like sitting there like talking out loud to myself like a lunatic. Yeah, like and a Billy Madison. Shampoo is better I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like the world needs to fucking know this shit because okay. there's so many guys that like, come to me or women that come to me are like this guy doesn't know how to eat pussy or guys are like how do you eat pussy you know what i'm saying so i was like you know what i'm just gonna put it out there and see what fucking happens well i threw it out there the video to date has 11 million views no um, shit almost almost 2 million likes on it yeah um and people like i'm sending this to my boyfriend i'm like hundreds of thousands of women like i'm sending this to him should i send this to him like all over the place but you know it it stuck 
I, w- I was flinging shit at the wall on TikTok, and that stuck. So 100%. I was like, I was like, you know what? I have a very interesting sex history. I'm very enlightened in the bedroom. Why don't I just talk about that? So I started talking about it. Well, TikTok came out and they changed their privacy policy. Okay. So you can't talk about adult nudity. You can't talk about sexual activity anymore. Oh, wow. And that really, and that's kind of why I've been stuck at 300,000 right sure, now. Sure, they sure. really hammer my account hard. Yeah, yeah, um, And they monitor, I feel like they monitor me closer than they monitor anyone. Sure, sure. every video I post goes under a review immediately <laughs> before it can even get put up. I'm but like, if this you is had, bullshit. Yeah, yeah. If you, were, if you were 21 and had yeah. fake tits and yeah. Oh, if I was just yeah, sitting there <laughs> dancing and shaking my ass, I'd be like, yeah, you're good, man. Yeah, Greenlight. you're good. So you're anyways, good. <laughs> um, so when they started hindering my uh, or censoring my content on TikTok, I was like, how can I get this information out there? Because it kind of became like. Um, it kind of molded into this like self help sex education stuff because mm-hmm. even I feel like nowadays w- we as a generation are having more sex or in today's days we are having more sex or I know I definitely right am. yeah so but we're not talking about it more maybe we're talking about it more with our bros like hey man I banged you <laughs> last week you know what I'm saying <laughs> stuff like that but we're not actually talking about it with our partners. We're not sure. actually, t- not the hard conversations anyways, not the mm-hmm. talks that you need to be having. And people don't know how to do those. They don't mm-hmm. know how to ask for what they want in the bedroom. They feel ashamed for certain things, stuff like that. And so I'm trying to put this like sex positive image out there of how yep. to communicate in the bedroom, how to get what you want out of the bedroom. And I felt like I owed it to society to try something. So I tried a podcast and shit, we were in Apple top 25 for fucking three or four weeks running. <laughs> That's fucking yeah. sick, man. Uh, like, I know even myself, you know, I was in a relationship um, for almost 12 years. I was married for nine years. And I've been single for about three years. And, you know, that first year I was trying to find myself. I didn't know, you know, who would like me. I didn't know why they would like me. And, yeah. you know, God forbid, you know, if I ever did get somebody in the bedroom, like, I was a fucking newbie, dude, at 34 years old. It was unbelievable. Imagine fucking the same girl for fucking 13 years, oh, yeah. 12 years, Absolutely. right? Yeah. Um, and it really wasn't until I found, um, you know, the Caller Daddy podcast. Yeah. To where I was like, holy shit, this is what girls like? Yeah. Right? Girls want a guy to talk in bed. Girls want a guy to change positions. But I didn't fucking know, dude. I was married to a fucking nun. Like, literally, Southern Baptist (laughs) from Savannah, Georgia. I grew up Southern Baptist. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, I get it. I get it. I understand. And uh, and so that really um, encouraged me to step outside of my comfort zone in order to provide a fulfilling experience for them. Absolutely. And, you know, maybe that in some way, shape or form bred, you know, this to say, well, what the fuck do men want? Right? Like I've gotten some insight into what women want. Um, But awesome, man. Thank you for sharing that. So um, give me some insight into maybe the craziest shit that you've gotten inbound from people maybe writing in uh wanting commentary on or even just making comments on things that they want you to talk about on the podcast um so actually there's not a lot of crazy shit i feel like a lot of it is well what you think is crazy yeah, is yeah. probably different yeah, than yeah, what you're i think right, is you're right you're right you're yeah. right uh, the most what I get, so we have a little submission form at sure. the letshagpodcast.com, right? Yep. You can go in there and we have a Q&A form and you can send in your submissions. And I usually read them out at the end of the podcast. Um, majority, I would say probably 80 to 90% of what I get is just communication basics. It's yeah. just like, how do I tell my husband he's not doing it for me? How do I tell my lover I want this in the bedroom? How do I express to my partner that they're not doing it for me? How do I express that I want to try something new? And I'm like, 
I, I forget why I heard it, but I'm like, you literally are answering your own questions when you ask me questions like this. I don't my, understand. My, tell, me, tell me why. So my answer to this is always like, right. You're, you're saying, how do I ask my partner to do this? You ask your partner to, <laughs> like, how yeah. simple do you have to get? Sure, sure. And it's just being, people are scared. They don't want to be rejected. They don't mm-hmm. want to feel, you know, judged or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But if that's what you want, you have to talk to your partner about it and make sure they know that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, there's little rules I put in it, too. Don't tell them during sexual activity. Don't tell them right after sexual activity, mm-hmm. especially if it's something that's going to be like, hey, this isn't up to par. Mm-hmm. Because then they're going to reflect on what just happened and been like, oh, they weren't enjoying this. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So you, what I say is usually you want to have these talks with your partner prior to sexual activity, outside of the bedroom, not in the heat of the moment before sexual activity, you know, anything yeah. like that. Outside the bedroom, you guys are fucking going grocery shopping, and you're like, hey, babe, do you have five minutes? I just want to talk to you. In the middle of fucking Whole Foods? Not in the middle of grocery, <laughs> but I'm saying you're going, bro. Like, that's your sure, plan sure, for the sure. day. It's a casual yeah. Sunday. You're like, hey, we're going yeah, to grocery shopping. Yeah, it's written shop. in your planner. Right. Yeah, you're talk late, to You're Tommy having about... your morning coffee, whatever, yeah. you know? Fucking have that conversation. Like, listen, in the bedroom, I re- you know, first – be nice, right? You can't you can't go in and just go straight for the jugular. I really enjoy what we do. Obviously, I'm you know I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. We're partners. We have sex all the time. But I want this to happen. I want you to fucking choke me and spit in my fucking mouth. Like, Ooh, you know I don't I mean? even. So I've had girls tell me that, and it actually terrifies the fuck out of me <laughs> because I don't want to choke anybody, dude. That's like, when you gotta really. I so like choking I, is one thing. I can do that pretty easily. The first time, <laughs> the first time I had a girl ask me to slap her, I freaked out a little. Yeah, because I've been. I'm very much against abuse yeah, on, uh, to women. Like I, I grew up in a household where that was like a very big stigma. Yeah, right? um, and I saw it growing up a lot, so it's just something I don't do. So when a girl asked me to like slap her, I had convictions. I was like, "Oh God, I can't. I don't know if I can do that." But I, I, I just kind of dug down real deep and was like, "I hit her with like a really gentle one at first. <laughs> oh, like, a backhand. There, yeah, yeah. there you go. Hit her yeah. with a real gentle one, and she was like, oh, fucking harder." And I was like. Oh. <laughs> You know what? It's fine, though. I just played the game. Yeah. I let her dictate the rules at that point, and I just kind of went with it. Sometimes, sometimes, and people don't understand this, stuff in the bedroom is just a leap of faith. You never know what you're really into until you try it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying I'm into fucking smacking girls in the bedroom, but she yeah. was into it, mm-hmm. and I was into it because she was into it. And I think that's the biggest part about having sex is just catering to your partner's needs. Being, being the person they need you to be so sure. they're satisfied because I'm a very pleaser person. Sure. So I like to make sure that they're taken care of. That's what gets me off. Yeah, I think one of the things that uh, should be stated, though, is let's say that you've been casually dating a girl for three, four weeks. She likes a finger in the ass. She likes to be choked. She likes to be slapped, whatever the case is. Whenever there's, whenever there's alcohol involved, yeah, you know, at least in my experience, kind of like muscle memory kicks in, right? And yeah. you go with what's uh, familiar, Correct. all right? Yeah. So what happens if it's a new sexual partner? How do you create those boundaries where it's like, I don't know if this girl likes a finger in the ass. I don't know if this girl likes to be slapped. Don't you think that there, there there's almost some element of... <sighs> Very intentionality that needs to occur to say, I need I th- to ask for permission yes, or consent. I think they're absolutely. So okay. that's one thing we preach on the podcast all the time is consent, consent, consent. And you okay. have to have that going in. And I know, in like you stated, in those drunken moments, you don't necessarily sit down and have a formal conversation <laughs> about, like, hey, what do you like? What are your boundaries? Yeah, the girl I was with last week, like this. Right? What are you, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so in those moments, I usually say, there's a baseline. Sure. Okay. And the baseline for me, 
is, you know, a little bit on the rougher side of sex. I would say smacking on the ass is okay. Some light choking, not like you're trying to fucking do something. <laughs> Definitely hair pulling. In my in my experience and in my personal opinion, most women like it a little bit on the rougher side. So 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 I'm going to make an assumption why. Okay, right? Let's go. Because maybe they're familiar with the commentary that you yeah. share on your podcast, Possibly. right? Maybe it's your image with the exposed tattoos, right? And the fucking swag ass hair and True. beard. Yeah, that can and be so maybe you attract girls that like it a little bit rough. And I look this way for a reason. <laughs> Because I like to attract. Yeah, I those like women. to attract those girls. Um, now, yeah. when it comes down to like, hit, I would never just go into a scenario and be like, "Yeah, this, I'm going to slap the fuck out of this girl tonight." I, I mean, I've already said that's not what gets my rocks off. Sure, sure. And yeah. when it comes to things like that that are a little bit more stigmatized or maybe you're uncertain about, absolutely ask. Like, mm-hmm. hey, is it okay if I hit you? Like, if that's what you're into and you want to try mm-hmm. it, and she's willing to, but always ask. We always say, "Let me ask you something, bro," because I feel like this doesn't really happen very often. Are girls supposed to ask us what we're into? Or do we have to be in the driver's seat 100% of the time? I very much appreciate it when a female asks me what I like. Because it shows she cares. Yeah. It shows that she's like willing to try and do things that I want to do. She wants to please me. Mm-hmm. And like I already said, I'm a pleaser in the bedroom most 90% of the time. That's I'm not. That doesn't necessarily mean dominant or submissive. I just... Yeah. I like to make sure my partner is satisfied. I'm but, the same exact way. But when yeah. I when I have an experience where a girl wants to satisfy me and she shows that in vocalizing it and saying, mm-hmm. hey, what do you want? What do you like? Oh, my God. My, my engine's like revving. And I'm then like, you, you, fuck, you, yes. You pull out your spiral yeah. notebook like, and you're like, oh, well, this, 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 this. Pull out the Kama Sutra. <laughs> I'm like, which one have I not tried yet? Yeah, That's hilarious. So what can a girl do? Um, I don't know how to phrase this question. So if, if girls, and again, you probably already answered this earlier, if she wants to have that conversation, but she feels timid or scared and doesn't want to be rejected or judged, um, how do you bridge that with a new sexual partner? Because so like in the moment sexual in partner? In the moment. So there's thing, and these are tips that I say on the podcast, there's cues you can give in the bedroom that can aid your partner in getting to where you want them to go. Mm-hmm. Um, verbal cues can be very simple. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably one of the best ones because they're the least misconstrued. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just simple stuff like pull my hair, mm-hmm. choke me, spit in my mouth. I mean, all, all stuff that seems mm-hmm. very basic and like stuff, but mm-hmm. people get in their own heads and they get shy and they're like, oh, I don't want to ask for it. He's going <laughs> <he's gonna> to judge <laughs> me or she's going to judge me or stuff like that. But you never know oh, what's going to happen. I, when I'm in the moment, there is absolutely no judgment, yeah, right? Exactly. And, you know, I feel like, you know, if I'm in the middle of H-E-B and you're bringing it up and we've never been, you know, intimate with each right, other. Yeah. I different, think that that, you know, <laughs> yeah. or sitting at dinner, right? You know, we're sitting at Mastro's and we're about to pay, you know, pay the bill. And she's she's like, like, oh, by the way, spit my bubble do later. Do you like two or three fingers in the ass? I don't know. I listen to Nate's podcast. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so no. So what you're saying is, is. If your partner has already um, had enough comfort to graduate to that level, they're probably here for whatever it is that right. you well, want you're, because so they want to make it a good Even with a new you. partner, you're already at a baseline. Think yeah. of it this way. If you're not going to ask for those things, you're at a baseline of the sex you're having right now. Oh, you're and right. And asking for those things is not going to drop you below that baseline. Mm-hmm. It has the potential to rise you up from that baseline mm-hmm. because maybe they're into it too. Maybe they're willing to do those things. Mm-hmm. But it's not like they're just going to fucking quit and be like – 
especially dudes. Like, if you you say something I'm not into, I'm not going to stop having sex with you. I'm going to be like, mm, I'm not really into that, yeah, but we yeah. can keep going. You know what I mean? So Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, tell me about what, I don't know, and again, I have zero insight into you know, whether or not you're talking to someone or you're in the, you know, five, six different girls a week mode. Uh, but probably at one point in time in history, you certainly were. Like, what is the ratio on girls you hook up with one time, right? Call it a one night stand that convert to a second time. The ratio. What's the ratio? You tell know. me. I don't know. I have a lot. Here's the, here's the ratio. I like to keep them around. Here's the thing. Um, <laughs> But the roster gets big, dude. It does get big. It does get big. And you just kind of – I've learned to just take it when it comes and leave it when it goes, if that makes sense. Sure. So there's people that I keep around that I am consecutively having sex with on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And then there's people that hit me up randomly because I travel a lot. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm here in Houston today. I don't live in Houston, Mm -hmm. you know, so I'll be here for the night. Who knows what's going to happen tonight. (laughs) Um, But there's people that – you know, I have an extended roster. It's, mm-hmm. it's all a rotation. There's people I sleep with frequently, and there's people that when I'm randomly there, they're like, hey, what are you doing? And they hit me up. Mm-hmm. Most of them I'm very cordial with. Um, there's not a lot of one-night stands, in, at least in my experience, mm-hmm. that don't go for a second or try to go for a second because because I like to take care of them. Because you're fucking Nate Spencer. Because I like to it. take care yeah. of them, and they like to take care of me, yeah. <laughs> there well, have been one-night stands, but usually it's like, there wasn't that, and, and this is something that people need to understand. You can't fake connection, mm-hmm. whether that's a mental connection, an emotional connection, a mm-hmm. physical connection, whatever it is. You can take two very attractive people that are very attracted to one another and have bad sex, mm-hmm. and that's just part of life. Like mm-hmm. you can't. Some of those sometimes the chemistry doesn't match up with mm-hmm. the two of you, and that's okay. And that's usually when I have those one night stands that aren't repeat offenders. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. So, so it sounds like you've got, uh, you know, a pretty good rotation, right? Uh, I'll use the old Decent. adage, hose in different area codes. Uh, so let's say you're walking in to a bar, right? Uh, like Wednesday night of this week, I was at McIntyre's, McIntyre's yeah. downtown, right? Yeah. They opened this week and it was fucking lit as fuck. Yeah. Probably wish, the best bar in Houston. Yeah. yeah. And, um, it, you know, obviously I probably knew... You know, 80 people there, 100 okay. people there. But there were girls that I'd never seen. They don't go to the Heights, right? Maybe right. they go to Washington or Midtown or whatever the case. But there's a certain demographic that catches my eye to where it's like, holy shit, like, I want to talk to her. I want to figure out, like, Absolutely. when she's, like, breaking away with her friends yeah. and going to the bar and ordering a drink and how I – Are you sure right? approach it's them totally, with their friends? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 So the question for me is what catches your eye? Um – I don't have a type. Um, no, maybe not a type, you know? I just like... Oh, fuck, man. I just like women. You just <laughs> like women. No, well, you okay, said you like, the one, you, like a, you like a good ass, is what I, you say. That, a is, face. that is the one thing that will always catch my eye over anything else is just a fucking good ass. Yeah. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be enormous it doesn't necessarily have to be it just has to be a good ass and i don't yeah. what i define as a good ass a is, a, is ass. a spectrum there's a spectrum okay. that makes a good ass um obviously if it's fucking massive proportional and fucking she's got a little waist i'm like oh my god like i'm gonna stare like any other guy yeah, you know yeah. what i mean um but i don't 
I don't know. Other than that, maybe some a pr- pretty eyes, pretty smile, you know, mm-hmm. warm, warm in their demeanor. Um, not off-putting because, you know, around Houston you get this, this stuck-up noses a lot sometimes. Yeah. And I, I really don't go for girls like mm-hmm. that. I don't, I'm not a big... Uh, <laughs> but you have gone for them in the past. I, I've tried, yeah. yeah but I, and it's not the fact that gets shutting down that turns mm-hmm. me off to that. It's the fact that they're not being, an, and we'll talk about this later, I'm sure, they're not yeah. being authentic to themselves. I feel like they're trying to be somebody else. Sure. And so the conversation lags. When you're not being authentic to yourself, there's no... There's, there's no real sustenance to actually having a conversation with you. It's like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, my God. Damn, yeah, it's, go all a, it's all it's all pre-recorded. It's all bullshit. Yeah, there's no yeah. chemistry there, and I don't like that. But in my experience, those girls are still going out to try to get fucked, yeah. right? And don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. I have fucked them. Yeah, 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 I have fucked them. There have been nights where I've been drunk, and I've gone for the total stuck-up bitch that, you know. <laughs> Is super fucking hot and knows she's fucking hot and we yeah. have decent sex. Don't get me wrong. That has happened, but it's yeah. not something that I immediately am like turned on to. It's, mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's a last ditch effort either, but it's yeah. not like the first thing that catches my eye. Yeah. So No, totally, totally get it. Uh, so, I mean, it sounds like you've got a ton of experience. And again, you know, I've got the upper hand because I've listened to several of your episodes, but... Um, when did you lose your virginity? Is this like a, a, a journey that started at a very, very young age? I lost my virginity at 16 years okay, old. Okay, so yeah. normal age. Normal age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the 16, summer between my, sophomore okay, and junior. Okay, so I was, a very, I was a very fat kid up until, <laughs> oh, no up shit. until that summer. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. I was like five foot four and like 220 pounds I, I weigh 220 pounds now and i'm six foot five okay so just imagine and I, there's yeah. pictures there's pictures on my social media of it I yeah i've seen it, it where you got the arm up yeah, and yeah. you're on the beach so i was a very large kid so i grew up having to be smart and sarcastic and funny yep and now all of a sudden i'm like good looking smart and sarcastic and funny yep and so that that attracts potential mates but back to the 16 year old story uh it was my first I guess serious girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, I had had a girlfriend prior in junior high, but we're not going to call that serious. Yeah. First serious girlfriend. We had to drop her brother her brother off for something, and we found ourselves at the movie theater parking lot mm-hmm. in the front seat of her Mazda three. And we had talked about sex before, and we were like, "This is the go button." So we, I sat there and pumped away for probably twenty five minutes. And after, your first time twenty five minutes. I was so nervous. Holy! Shit. I was so nervous. I did not finish. We were there for like 25 minutes and her brother calls and he's like, hey, something happened. I need you to pick me up. You so we were literally de- just like put our pants on. You and were destined for greatness was- <laughs> at a very young age, sir. I think every other one of my buddies' first times, we like came in our fucking pants, right? Like the second she winked at us. Yeah. Uh, I was so ang- And that's a thing. Like it's a real thing. Like you get anxious and it like prevents you from finishing. That's sure. a real thing guys actually um, struggle with. I mm-hmm. talk about it on my podcast some, but mm-hmm. – but that happened to me at 16, which is pretty uh, remarkable. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So fast forward, how old are you now? I'm 28. 28 years old. So fast forward no, 12 no. years, I'm sure we've already talked or alluded to it at least that there have been a, probably a, a few sexual partners. Um, maybe some. Maybe some. Was there ever someone that you would say, hey, I was in love with this person? And, then, and what I want to hear is maybe the story on that one that got away. Absolutely. Um so the first love, um, when I was 18 years old, I accidentally got invited to a party in Austin. And mm-hmm. not like a party like at someone's house. This was like a – they threw a party at like this ranch with a slab and they had a DJ, a food Fuck truck yeah. and all this shit. I'm 18 and I was like – I was like, I don't know if you're trying to – I messaged her back. Yeah. She was the she was the one throwing the party. Her sure, name, sure. Her name was Autumn. 
um, messaged her back and I was like, I was like, hey, I don't know who you're trying to message, but I don't know you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and, sh- and we ended up talking. Where was, like, what platform was this? This was uh, 10 fa- years Facebook. ago. Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Facebook. So uh-huh. we ended up talking off of that. And she was like, she was like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I'm trying to message this other guy named Nathan that, yeah. I, that I know in the local. Well, we, I mean, you look <laughs> at it, she honestly was because we have no connection. We didn't have any of the same friends. We didn't yeah. have any social circles. We didn't have one mutual follower sure, between sure. us. Yeah. So, and I'd never met her in my life. And she was just like, I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed. She's like, but you're more than welcome to come if you want. I've already extended it. And you were you living where well. at the time? I was living in Corpus Christi. Sure, sure. So I grew up there. Oh, cool. Um, so that's like three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, you know what? I called my best friend, Chris. And I was like, hey, what are you doing on this date? He's like, I don't have anything planned. I was like, do you want to go to a party in Austin? Yeah. Like, we're 18. We're just like, we just graduated high school. Let's go up and see what this is about. And he's fuck like, yeah. fuck yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah, Taken hadn't come out yet, so yeah, you weren't like yeah. scared of like, yeah. So we, went, we go up to Austin, and we go to this rave, and it's a badass fucking time. I got pissed drunk, slept in the backseat of a fucking Mustang with this girl. But I met her at the party, sure, and sure. she was super nice, showed me around, met all of her friends. Ooh, super fuck ki- yeah. Kissed her at the end of the night. Was the other Nathan there? No. <laughs> I know, man. If he was, I didn't meet him. Um, danced with her all night, kissed her at the end of the night. You know, wow. we had a little mini makeout session, and then we both passed out in the back of the Mustang. Yeah. Well, I go home the next day, and she's like, hey, if you want to come back next week and come see me, I'll be at my parents' house, and I kind of have my own wing. Yeah. Her, her dad's a multimillionaire. Yeah, fuck yeah. She's like, I have my own wing at my parents' house. Come back up. So I went back up, and I stayed How there. old is she at the time? She's the same age, 18. Oh, no shit. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so she's 18 years old, and... I go up there, I spend the entire week with her, meet her, meet her parents, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and we just hung out, man. You met her parents? Met like, her parents I'm the second at time. Your house. Yeah, stayed at her house, <laughs> met her parents, all in the second time I'm meeting Dude, this, this girl. Dude, this is like the movie Get Out, I was, bro. Like, I was like, <laughs> at that age, I was a hopeless romantic, yeah. looking, looking for like a spot to land, and she was young, she was beautiful, yeah. she had a life ahead of her. How know. long did it last? Let's um, talk about so that. we ended up dating for almost two years. We got engaged. Wow. We lived together for a year, had an apartment, had a yep. dog. Um, and then I decided I wanted to pay for my college so I could better myself and my future. Yep. Um, and looked at options for that. Ended up military. So I was in the Marines, as you know, for five years. Yep. Um, so I joined the Marine Corps and went off to boot camp. And that's kind of where it all went to shit because once I got out of my little bubble of, like, heavenly romance, mm-hmm. I realized that there was an entire world out there, started expanding my mind, yada, yada, yada. And if I'm being honest, I fucked it up. You know, I started. We always fucked up. I was dude. I was away for so long. You know, I I proposed to her after I got out of boot camp, which is like a terrible story. Um, <laughs> but I proposed to her after I got out of boot camp. Yep. We were engaged, and then I was away on training for months on end, mm-hmm. just surrounded by not her and other women mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so, you know, I just broke it off with her, and we kind of tittle tattled back so, and forth. For a while. So explain this to me because I had this conversation last night with my friend Brianna. Uh, if you had potentially a father-in-law that was a multi-multi-millionaire, mm-hmm. right, um, and you were clearly head over heels in love with his daughter and he yes. was totally here for it, mm. then why the fuck wouldn't you just say, I don't need to worry about paying for college? Um, that's actually a really – I've always been a self-made person. Okay. Um, and I believe in – paying for my own things, doing my own things. I don't ever ask for help, which can be a detriment sometimes. Sure. Um, 
but I've always just believed in doing it myself because at the end of the day, no one else is going to take credit when I'm successful mm-hmm. other than me. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to have anyone else's hand on my back when I'm saying, look at my achievements, look at my accomplishments. I want it to be all my own doing. Mm-hmm. And that pride... That pride that I still carry today so was, was probably yeah. tenfold back then because, mm-hmm. again, I was 18 years old. Yep. Very, very prideful. Nowadays, when I need help, like honest, genuine help, I don't have a problem asking for help. Sure. And I'm not just talking financially or anything like that. Which, no. You know, yeah. But like everything in life. Like I'm, I'm more open to the idea of like, hey, you can open a door for me, but I'm going to make it mutual for you mm-hmm. at the same time kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but back then it was like I have to do this on my own. I was just so uh, – so independent and wanted to be so self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. So that was, mm-hmm. that was one. Well, man, thank you for your service, dude. Five years that. in the Marine Corps. Um, I bet it got you even more shredded, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a fun time in my life. I was actually a structural and hydraulic repair mechanic on C-130s. I don't know what a C-130 a is. C- is that a, a, it's is a cargo that, plane. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they, so oh, they, those big ass cargo yeah, planes. So they, okay. have, they do cargo air refueling. So they have the pods yep. on the outside that fuel jets and stuff. Yep. Like, and I worked on those things all over the fucking world. Man. Yeah. It was a fun time. I enjoyed it a lot. Awesome, man. Well, great, great share, man. And again, do you still keep in touch with her or is it just one of those? Um, the last contact I had with her was probably about three years ago. Okay. She, she had sent me something. Married, two kids. No. Um, that's even a crazy. Give me story. her name then. Even, I'm hitting her even, up. Even a, <laughs> even a crazier story. She um, was with this guy and he was abusive and she, oh. I was like away and I was yeah. like trying to give her advice, like, get the fuck out of yeah, there. Yeah, of so course. He ended up getting arrested yeah. and stuff like that. But that was mm-hmm. the last I've heard from her. So Fuck, man. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Very crazy. Um, so, you know, we talked about the few girls that you've been with. Uh, my IT director came to me uh, the other day, and he told me that he's got a fucking spreadsheet, an Excel spreadsheet of every single girl. This man is 37 years old. Jesus Christ. And I said, did you run out of Rose, dude? And, and oh. his number was alarmingly lower than what I had thought, you know, being sexually active for the last 23 years of his life. Um, have you ever tried to keep count of the girls that you've been with? I mean, and how did you do it? And at what age did you fucking abandon it? There was a point in my life where I was counting. <laughs> because... And I want to put this out there, and I talk about this on my podcast. That is a very immature thing for both males and females or people that don't identify as either one of those sexes um, to do, in my opinion. Yep. I think it's very immature. I think it shows, uh, you know, why do you care so much about that, first yeah. of all? As long as you're being safe in sex, you know, you're not giving anyone STDs, you're sure. not getting anyone pregnant, stuff like that. Why the fuck do you care? Yeah. It's. I mean, for me, like... I enjoy my experiences in the bedroom. It does. It shouldn't matter to you how many. Yeah, people it, it shouldn't with. matter if you know. Let's say you're in a serious, committed relationship and you're getting fucked. You know what? Two hundred yeah. times a year. Yeah. You know, if you're single, you know, and you're getting fucked. I don't I know. Like Forty that's just times a, that's a year. That's just like a prideful ego. <laughs> like why? Why do you need that? Why do you have to hold on? I think. Yeah. I think that needs to come with a bigger internal reflection on your own character. If you do have that in your life, yeah. Like, why do you have that? What, yeah. is, what is the deeper psychological I think in the, reason? So I know this person's character, right? And mm. I think that there's a deeper, uh, you know, meaning behind it. And, and I think it's it's actually driven the other way to where, you know, he was raised in a very religious household. Yeah. And he wants to make sure that it stays under a certain number. 
I don't know. If, uh, okay. I don't know if that makes sense. No, so. that that actually yeah, yeah, yeah. does make sense. But yeah. So long story short, I did keep track up until I was about twenty two, and the there, way I, the way I did it was yeah. I had a group of friends, and we always shared our little sexual escapades. And yeah. I mean, males, females, all of us yeah, yeah, together. Yeah. Um, and so I would send a Snapchat when I I would send a, usually I'd send a Snapchat of the girl's naked butt <laughs> while she was like getting up to go to the bathroom yeah. or like laying down in bed, yeah. and I would put the number. That, and I think the last time I counted, I was in the one something, yeah. like one hundred and twenty, yeah. whatever. And that's a twenty-two. And after that, I was like, why the fuck? You know, I kind of grew up, and I was yeah. like, I don't care. So when people <laughs> ask me nowadays, I'm like. Dude, even if I had to ballpark you, I have no fucking idea. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter. No, I ballparked it with my buddy Melvin, who I had on the podcast probably like episode three. Yeah. And he's 34 years old. Mm-hmm. Right? And I said, okay, Melvin, you've been sexually active 20 years. Uh, let's just average it out and say 10 girls a year. That's 200. It blew his fucking mind because he was like, it is dead ass more than fucking 10 girls a year. Too. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't want to know your guy's number, I promise, ladies. Um, so... I've got a good friend. Her name is Ellie. Uh, she's the most entertaining person that I've ever met. She's like the female version of you. She's she's fit. She's like tatted. <laughs> she's works in a law firm. She's a fucking badass. She has a physical Rolodex where she puts the name of the person. She puts the date. Uh, if she has a color coding system, green, yellow, red, meaning, yes, I would do it again. Eh, I don't, you know, remember, right? And red, no, fuck no. And then she has a nickname for them. Hmm. A nickname for them. Yo, Ellie, uh, I'm trying to get on that green Rolodex. <laughs> if she's got to listen to this, and I swear to you, you're going to get an inbound. So There we go. Uh, but anyways, and so I, uh, we have a mutual <coughs> friend that she met through my um, Valentine's Day party. And he's got a very interesting nickname on that Rolodex card that I would never, ever, ever call him out in a public forum like this. But uh, she'd probably give you some insight into what his nickname is. So uh, it's hilarious. (laughs) Um, Would you ever date the friend of a girl that you hooked up with? So I did do that. (laughs) Okay. I did. My ex. My recent ex. No shit? Yes, my recent ex. So at... 17 years old after the, you know, lost my virginity, yep. I ended up um, having cordial sex with a few different women. Um, kind of became a player at my last year of high school. One of those I'm still friends with today. Um, and after I got out of the military, I started dating her best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and that caused all kinds Holy of complications. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, at first, uh, my ex was like, you know, she's my best friend because she's her best friend and she was my best friend. So mm-hmm. we're all friends in this friend group that I talked yep. to you about earlier. Um, and she was like, it's not a big deal. We'll eventually like wait on her. And she, so it eventually just like wait on her. And she was like, no, you have to cut her out of your life. I'm going to cut her out of my life. Um, and we can't be friends with her anymore. So it caused this whole like mess of a dynamic. And it was just us in the relationship isolating. I had resentment towards her for it because this girl, even though I had slept with her friend was still one of my best friends in this entire world. Wow. Yeah. So it was a very messy, messy situation. Since we, you know, we dated again after that, we dated three times, to be fair. Um, (laughs) On the third time. This sounds like it should be the one that got away right here. On the third time we dated, um, she was like, you know what? All that stuff's behind me. I've matured. We're fine. Don't worry about it. You can be your friend. I'll be your friend. I trust you. Um, And so that trust was something that, you know, needed to be there for this to actually work out. But, uh, yeah, it was a whole messy situation for numerous reasons. 
So one of the things that I've seen actually work in recent years, and if you'd asked me 10 years ago, I would have said no fucking way. But I think that open relationships are becoming increasingly more common. And in many cases, like fucking three-way relationships like that. I was at a bar uh, last night in Montrose. Um, Oh, I forget the name of it. But uh, there were literally like guys, girls, another girls, like making out on the dance floor in a three-way. And it was very public. And I don't think that they were in a situation where they had just met either. And so do you think that this whole adoption of open relationships, as long as there's like honesty and transparency, do you think that that's going to like stick? It could work. Um, The honesty, I I like that you said that, the honesty, the trust, it all has to be 100% present. It cannot be lacking in any of those things. Mm -hmm. If there's any kind of trust issues or deceitfulness on any of the parties and eventually it will implode. Um, It could stick. It takes the right mix of people and it takes Mm -hmm. the right trust and honesty regarding those people to make it work. Have you ever been in a relationship where... An open relationship? No, I grew up, uh, I grew up in a monogamy only monogamy is the only way we talked about the southern yeah. kind of stuff it's the only way and and it, it's not that i don't <coughs> like the idea of an open relationship but i still do have that hopeless romantic side of me that wants you know a wife and kids and oh, that's and not the shit. side of you that i've seen and for so, the last 30 fucking minutes on this call <laughs> no well, i mean like dead ass you the the, the white picket one day i said one day yeah. i'm still thriving right now enjoying <laughs> myself um if that if that house and land comes with two women, I guess I'll be more open minded. There to it, you, you go. Yeah, fast forward um, ten years. Yeah, I, I, the thing about monogamy is like we've been using it now for God, what hundreds of years, and it's mm-hmm. gotten way more rules that are set in stone. And open relationships don't really have a lot of. There's not a lot of information out there mm-hmm. on open relationships. It's kind of just like find whatever works for you and go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea of monogamy is obviously more attractive because there's more information on it. Um, and open relationships are very much, everyone has to kind of feel it out. There's not mm-hmm. like an expert on open relationships right now. I think not that, that there, I know of. I think that there probably is, well, right? We're just not plugged into those circles. Right? I, maybe there is. Maybe <laughs> I need to do some more research. Maybe I should. Yeah. <laughs> I Come on, man. Well, I'll, I'll be the one that fills out the little uh, inquiry card right there on we your go. website. There you go. Uh, what is it? Let's shagpodcast.com. Yeah. Let's shagpodcast.com. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So I'll say J. J. Right? <laughs> J from HTX. Uh, so let me ask you this, man. Um, have you ever experienced something like super weird whenever you've met a girl and then gone back to her house. Tell me tell me a little bit about that story. Yeah, so I was probably 22 at the time. I was out with my buddy Johnny, and we're not going to mention Johnny's last name because he is uh, doing a big boy job now, and we don't want to get him in trouble. <laughs> um, but me and Johnny were out at a bar. We met these girls, and uh, Johnny was like, hey, Nate, I'll let you take the prettier one. He was, he was like, I'll take her friend. And I was like, thank you, Johnny. That's the, a very, the, the marine very chivalrous, illusion yeah. of I'll jump on the grenade yeah, for you. A very chivalrous thing for you to that. do. Um, he was a very – he's a bros bro. He was yep. a good guy. Um, and so I was like, hell yeah. So we decided to go back to these girls' house or this girl's house. And where is this at again? It was in uh, – I think we were in Poughkeepsie, New York. Okay. 
Um, and so we go there, and it's like this mansion, like gated. So we're like waiting for this. And these are twenty two year old girls. These are like twenty. Yeah, they're like I think they're a little older than okay. us. They're like 24, 25, sure, sure. more twenty two. So we go back, and it's like this fucking mansion that's gated. They like it. enter this big keypad thing. <laughs> there's like a guard sitting out front. Yes. We drive in, and we park in this. Like, Hello, Princess yeah, Elena. We park yeah. in this garage. It's like a twenty car garage. It's detached from the house, Fuck and yeah. so we have to walk into the house from there. We get there, and this woman has like a serv- a live in servant. That's like, oh, what would you like, Miss? Blah, 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 you know what I'm <laughs> and she's like, oh, bring us the gin and the vodka. So this lady comes back. I'm talking, I shit you not, silver tray. Yeah. Like classic Like silver, real silver. Like a real <laughs> silver tray. Brings it up to her room with tangere and vodka. Fuck yeah. Grey Goose vodka and I all these it. mixers and like sets it Bottle on the Bottle service from yeah. a 70-year-old uh, servant. And yeah. while that's all going along, these two girls start like making out. And Uh-oh. one of the the prettier one, the one that I was talking to, was like, hey, I'll be right back. And when she comes back, she's completely decked out in this like dominatrix. Holy shit. Leather outfit, whip. And she just starts like beating this other girl. And she's like, I'm going to eat your fucking pussy. Like, fucking hitting her on the fucking ass. And me and Johnny are literally standing. Like, standing there, dicks in our hands in the corner. Like, what the fuck is going on and right now? And this is before you guys have even done anything sexual with them. Yes. This is, this just, is before. This is the warm-up. I, yes. This is their warm-up. Yeah. Oh, so fuck. it actually fizzles out. That was yeah. like that. Unfortunately, where, that was the height of the night. Holy shit. Yeah. Where did you meet these girls? Just, just like the local at, fucking Starbucks? At a bar. We were at, just, a bar at a bar in Poughkeepsie, in Poughkeepsie New York. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember the name of it, to be honest with you. I bet I could Google bar Poughkeepsie, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's one of the two-story Irish bars. There, there you go. So, yeah. There you go. Uh <laughs> That was fucking weird. That was a weird uh, night. My friend Stephanie told me about um, a story about a guy that she uh, hooked up with. He's a doctor, actually. And oh. she went back to, to his place. And surprisingly, he lived in an apartment, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, maybe for the first eight years, you're like, you know, you have student loans. Yeah. And so you're not really in the money yet. But uh, one of the things that she uh, disclosed to me after this casual experience with uh, Dr. Love Dr. was Love. Uh, this motherfucker straight had his baby blanket on the fucking bed and he called it his blankie and for whatever reason in his early 30s um this was something that provided comfort for him is that like a huge red flag like run away this guy's fucking psychotic and i'm about to get like chopped up into pieces i wouldn't say okay Here's the thing. I'm a pretty ballsy motherfucker, so yeah. if a girl, if I came back and a girl had you a blanket. You would have stolen her blanket. Yeah. No, I would have fucked her and never talked to her again because yeah. I'd have been like, oh, she's she's got some issues yeah, going course. on. Yeah. But I still would have done it. Of That's course. the thing. I wouldn't have been. It would have been a red flag in the moment, but I'd have tucked it back in the back <laughs> of my head until tomorrow when I'm eating breakfast and then revisited that thought and I been like, it. okay, so we're not going back there. Cool. So. That's hilarious. So what are... Let's talk about this. So, like, what are the maybe the top three reasons of why you would lose interest in a girl on a date? On a date. Okay. So, on a date, different than relationships. Well, let's talk about relationships then. Okay. Relationships. So, the top three reasons I would lose interest is going to be the line of communication. So, too much or too little. So it's a fine line when Ooh. trying to establish, when trying to establish a I relationship. I feel like I over-communicate. Yeah. Some yeah. people over-communicate. Sure, some people under-communicate and okay. you're like, hey, what the fuck? Do I even like <laughs> exist? Like, can yeah. you fucking talk to me? I talked to a girl one time. She's out here. She owns a very, 
very renowned, good hair salon. Love it. Um, but I would get a text from her once a week. She's like, I'm so sorry <laughs> I have all this hair yeah, yeah. that I have to do. I'm like, sure, sure. I'm like, okay, well, like, if you keep saying you want to make plans and then I hear from you once a week and then we don't fucking talk for fucking a week and I'm like, it's annoying. That's yeah, annoying. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I want to feel wanted just as much as I you want to feel wanted. It sounds like maybe you were just her fuck buddy. But at this, no. What, we Y'all were never even fucked. Never oh, even okay. fucked. We were just like talking, yeah, trying yeah, to like yeah. figure it out. Sure, you know sure. what I mean? And then uh, the second is... Too much communication in the early stages. Yeah. Obviously, as you grow together, you know it becomes more loose, more fluid. You guys talk about everything in your day, and that that's fine. But in the early stages of dating, too much communication can come off as like clingy, a little weird, and it goes both ways. Guys can do it, and mm-hmm. girls can do it. I don't know why we always associate clingy. <laughs> we all we do in this in our society. We always associate clingy yeah. with women, but dudes do it too. And I yep. tell you what, that is even weirder to me. Um, <laughs> but it can be that. So that's number one is that line of communication. Sure, you sure. need to make sure that you're giving them attention but not overstimulating them, okay? Because mm-hmm. you need to give them their space at the same time. Yep. Number two is going to be someone who is not 100% independent, and this coincides with always seeking attention. Okay. And what I mean by that is there's there's two different facets to it. So. I feel so attacked right now. No. <laughs> people that are always seeking validation yeah. for people that are not important in their life. Okay. Are in my opinion are not independent. Okay. Because you're not you're not self fulfilling yourself. You're reaching out for you know people that don't really matter and asking validation from them all the time. And give me and a, this can be taking place over Instagram okay. and any kind of social media is sure. a really bad pit for this. Sure, sure. Um, if you're Says always the TikTok influencer. Yeah, yeah, it can be. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you're posting things to help people, like yes. like I try and do 100%. or create comedy or anything Love like it. that, because half of mine's comedy too. Yeah. If you're trying to give people something to enjoy themselves mm-hmm. that's different than posting things to draw attention for God, you you're so fucking right you know dude. what i mean yeah and it, and it has to be a reflection of like what is your heart of the matter if mm-hmm. i'm just out there fucking you see it all the time girls just posting pictures of their fucking ass out or yeah you know, it'd be like guys you, too guys yeah. fucking shirtless pictures like i'm so hot today yeah. like who the fuck cares dude <laughs> like go fucking grind and do something important sure, you know sure. what i mean make the world a better place yeah, that's yeah. what we're all trying to do here yeah. um and so if you're always doing that you're seeking you're seeking attention for people that don't matter that's always a turnoff to me yeah and also independent that i mean that relates to independence but people who aren't independent to the point where they're like i I dated a girl once who was always like, well, I have to see what my mom and dad think about this. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not just because they were the financial support for her, but Mm -hmm. it's just like, she didn't know how to make decisions on her own Mm -hmm. whatsoever. Like she would always ask questions like, Mm -hmm. and don't get me wrong. Asking questions is fine, but she would always like have to ask for someone else's approval before she made decisions Mm -hmm. in her life. And I hated that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Hated it being very independent myself. I like sometimes I'm like, I make rash decisions and just say, fuck it, throw it to the wind. And like, I'm the only one, but but I'm the one that has to deal with those consequences. Yeah, absolutely. And And you're a problem solver by nature. And so you can, you know, handle those consequences. And so the second one goes kind of in tie with this third one. And this is something I've Mm -hmm. learned about myself in the, in the recent years and in my past two relationships is someone who doesn't know what it's like to struggle. Um, when it comes to women, I think, Unfortunately, in today's society, we still see them as uh, fragile, sort of, or whatever. But I don't like it when 
what guys or women, I do not click with people that don't know what it's like to grind. Mm-hmm. I'm talking the day in, day out, dreary fuck. And I'm not just talking work. I'm talking like mm-hmm. when life kicks you in the fucking balls and you actually have to do something about it mm-hmm. yourself. You got no one to rely on and you pick yourself up by your bootstraps and go about your day. Mm-hmm. Um, people that don't know what that's like, people that don't know what it's like to, to suffer in the everyday life that we live mm-hmm. or to try and make something out of themselves to be better – that really rubs me wrong. I don't know what, and I have a hard time connecting with people like that. Dude, mm-hmm. Dudes and women alike. But I've noticed more in the relationships because sometimes I do go after these like debutantes. Yeah. They're, they're pretty, man. I think yeah, they're, yeah. I'm like, oh, you're pretty. Yeah, so your da- yeah, I start your talking to them. And don't get me wrong. They're absolute, <laughs> absolute, some of them absolute sweethearts. Sure. I'm not saying that they're just spoiled little rich bitches. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are actually genuinely good people, want to make a difference in the world. Mm-hmm. But when life throws them a curveball, they fucking crash. They You're don't right. know what to do. They, they, they've had no instance in their life where they've ever had to fight for themselves before. Mm-hmm. And so they completely just spiral down. And I, I have a hard time dealing with that. I have a hard time just me personally yeah. connecting with that. And it gets me angry. So it doesn't work. <laughs> no, I totally understand. Well, this will be the last question that I ask. And I want you to be as vivid as possible, and, and maybe we'll try to get in under eight minutes or so. Okay. Um, tell me about the vision of the perfect woman, the perfect family, right? If family is in the cards. like So tell me about the perfect woman and the perfect life, maybe fast forward 10 years from now. Okay, so the first thing I want to say, and I love you sir, for saying it the way you did, <laughs> perfection is a myth. Um, it is a good goal to have. Sure. We all want to strive to be perfect, mm-hmm. perfect, but no one's ever going to be there. That's the point of life. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be perfect. Yeah. You're never actually going to be perfection, right? Um, so it's a good expectation, mm-hmm. but it's not realistic. Now, as far as the perfect woman, um, I don't really have a physical type. I think we talked about that yep. already, except for ass, pretty smile, good eyes, right? That's always going to yeah, get my we attention. Yeah, we a pretty face, a little waist, yeah. and a big bang. Yeah. There we go. Um, I crave someone who's obviously open-minded, not just okay. in life, but in the bedroom. Um, both of those kind of go hand-in-hand. Mm-hmm. I need you to be a little bit adventurous. I need you to be a little bit quirky. I need you to have open mind. Like, if we want to take an adventure, whether that's a financial venture, whether that's a, you know, just a vacation adventure, mm-hmm. whether it's anything like that, I need you to be a little bit open-minded to it. Mm-hmm. Public sex, stuff like that. Like, both sides of the car. Yeah, I need yeah. you to be open-minded to things. For because sure. I am a very much a in the moment, let's do this kind of person Mm -hmm. most of the time. Mm -hmm. So I need someone that's going to accompany me along those adventures, but I also need a little bit of stability there. So when I say I like them a little crazy, what I mean is I like them crazy about me but not actually fucking crazy <laughs> to the point where they're like, you want to go rob a bank? Yeah. Fuck yeah, I'll yeah. go buy the ammo. Like, at that point, I want someone that's going to be like, hey, maybe this is a bad idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, it's the yin and the yang. I need a little yeah. bit of crazy, but I also need someone that's going to pull me back to earth. Yeah, because sometimes, 100%. sometimes my dreams, while they, they have good intentions, mm-hmm. are unrealistic in my current situation. Mm-hmm. So I need someone that has both of those qualities. Um, so she needs to dream big as well. I like them to have realistic goals. I love women that are ambitious. Mm-hmm. Um, I love women that want to do things, want to make the world a better place. I always found um, that girls that actually want to make a difference uh, just have a way in my heart somehow, whether mm-hmm. whether it's a difference in like one kid's life or a whole group mm-hmm. of people. Um, the ex I talked about earlier, um, the one before the one we God, X, 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 X. Um, she, you know, she worked with uh, special needs kids and absolutely, yeah, that's incredible. absolutely mm-hmm. loved it. I, she had a big heart and that was something that really mm-hmm. like sang to me. Um, and I really appreciated that. 
we already mentioned the suffering aspect. I like someone that knows what it's like to struggle. I like to know that when my back or our backs are against the wall, I'm not the only one that's going to be swinging. Absolutely. So I need that. And last, and I think this is the most important, and I kind of touched on this a little bit throughout the entire episode we've had today, mm-hmm. but I like it when women are just overall authentic, genuine people. Mm-hmm. And I think authenticity nowadays is a true rarity. Mm-hmm. Um, you see there's so much social media influence or so much, uh, you know, whether it's movies, TV, mm-hmm. whatever it is, there's a certain look that people go for mm-hmm. or they seem to fit into or fall into. Mm-hmm. I mean, I obviously I fit the mold of what I think a certain look <laughs> is, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, but there's a certain lifestyle, a certain mindset, and everyone's trying to follow, and there's not enough people just being themselves. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is you're mm. copying other people so you're just a copy of so you're a shell mm. you're not being your true self so when i find someone that stands out when i find someone that's different from the herd from yeah. the pack that is what draws me in the most interesting yeah yeah so what does the vision 10 years from now look like you've illustrated the perfect woman who is incredible by the way yeah i love I mean, that she's yeah. amazing <laughs> uh but where's life gonna take you man i mean you you had the five-year stint in the Marine Corps. Um, you are uh, finishing up. I saw you got your Aggie ring a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I have one uh, semester left at yeah. TAMU, so thank God. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, so where where's life going to take you 10 years from now? Um, I don't know where life's going to take me, but I'll tell you this. I've always dreamed big, and I've always made solid, good decisions based on my gut. Mm-hmm. And... Um, whether I'm broke 10, y- 10 years from now chasing a venture that didn't play out or whether I'm in a mansion, you know, laughing it up with all my friends, I'm going to be happy regardless because I'm always going to do what makes me happy at the end of the day. Um, I think, I, you know, I have visions of having a nice house and sure. a piece of land and, you know, things to do in my free time, like a workshop and build, yeah. build stuff, you know. So, so um, you have an illustrated, you know, two or three little yeah, uh, kids running yeah, around. absolutely. Okay. I, I mean, I have goals. I have ambitions, and I'm, I'm not going to stop until I get there. But yeah. if it doesn't pan out in the time I put, you know, we put a cap on it 10 years. If it doesn't pan out and then, then I shift my goals to 20, and I start taking little steps, mm-hmm. little chunks at a time. I think that's something that successful people do really well is they, they have a long-term goal, but they set those short-term goals within the long-term goal to achieve the long-term goal. Absolutely. And that's something you have got to, got to have Mm -hmm. to be successful. So I don't have any doubt about my success as a man or that I will be successful. It's just a matter of when. Well, you know, and I think one massive contributor to that is finding that partner that has all the qualities and characteristics that you illustrated, right? The, The nurturing that she's passionate about something, something that she's ambitious, that she's resilient, right? All of those different characteristics are only going to like compound your potential. Oh yeah. We'll tango through the fire together, baby. (laughs) Well, good man. Well, I had a ton of fun today. Uh, I think that we're probably right at an hour. Um, But what I want to do and what I want to leave in closing um, is I really want you to, um, maybe illustrate the people that can really like resonate and take away a lot of good shit from your lit shag podcast. 
um, give us some insight into what those people are experiencing right now, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, drop it so they know where to find you, they know where to listen, they know where to connect. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're someone that is not experiencing the best sex of your life, or maybe you're in a relationship and you know, you've know you had better sex before and you don't know why you can't get back to that good place, or maybe you're just still figuring it out, maybe you've never had sex before. I have a lot of virgin listeners, no believe shit. it or not. Yeah, mm-hmm. always asking questions. If you're someone that just wants to know the male perspective on what sex in the bedroom is like. I mean, literally, we cover everything in the Let's Shed podcast. You can go check it out. It's available on Spotify. It's available on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts. It's also available on Google Chromecast. Um, my Instagram handle is at Let's Shag Podcast. There's a website, letshagpodcast.com, and you can find all of your information there. Awesome, man. Well, dude, it was... Uh... It was awesome to get to know you as a person. I know I, I followed you on social media, and I've uh, disclosed that I was already a fangirl. But uh, great to meet you, hey. brother. And hopefully we get a chance to go have some fun here pretty soon. Absolutely. Awesome, Look man. Look forward to it. Later.